ML Nation, can you believe we've been going strong at this for one year, 52 weeks, three episodes a week? So this is episode 156. You know, I had a mentor say something to me. I'll never forget. He said, I'll teach you something one time, but if I have to say it again, then you're not really committed. If you want to be successful, you just have to copy what MLM leaders do. Welcome to MLM Nation, presented by your host, Simon Chan. Where you'll learn strategies, secrets, and inspiring stories from today's top MLM income earners. This episode is brought to you by Networking Times. Networking Times is a bi-monthly educational journal that helps MLM professionals build the right skills and mindset to become successful. It's also a very useful prospecting tool. Aside from MLM skills, you also learn entrepreneurship, financial literacy, personal professional development, sustainable business practices, transformation on positive thinking programs, conscious capitalism, and much more. So why do I recommend Networking Times? It's because Networking Times helped me build a six-figure residual income MLM business that still pays me today, even though I'm retired from building and no longer active. I still remember days when I used to live in Santa Monica and when I'd go out to eat lunch by myself and I'd read each issue cover to cover once they came in. In fact, the journal was so good that I later went out and bought every single past issue ever published so I could have them all in my library. Networking Times is something I highly recommend every MLM distributor should check out. And the best part is they now have a free trial subscriptions where you can access the content online. So just go to MLMNation.net forward slash times. So again, go to MLMNation.net forward slash times and go check out the valuable training today. MLM Nation, this is Simon Chen. I am super fried up because can you believe it? We are at episode 156. That means we've been going strong for over one year, three episodes a week. Thanks to all the great leaders, your listeners out there, loyal listeners. Thank you so much. And we got some exciting things going on on season two, which will be episode 157, two days from now. But anyway, today we save a great leader for the last episode, episode 156. And I am super fired up for Mondez Holloman. Mondez, are you ready to make it happen? Absolutely, Simon. I'm excited and definitely looking forward to sharing, you know, my experience and my understanding of this wonderful profession. And I was just honored and blessed that, um, you know, that uh, you, you, you give me an sh- opportunity to share. Mondes Holloman has over 18 years of MLM experience. He has earned millions in the network marketing profession and has helped thousands of distributors incorporate the concepts of residual income, leverage, and business development. Mondes has been featured in major publications such as Your Business at Home, Success from Home, as well as Networking Times. Prior to his MLM career, Mondes earned a bachelor's degree in civil engineering from North Carolina A&T State University and an MBA in finance from Clark and Atlanta University School of Business. He's worked as a real estate consulting and advisory services professional. So Mondes, aside from sounding really nerdy and geeky, which I'm really <laughs> smart from being an engineer and an MBA in finance, how in the world did you get, come across network marketing? Well, it's funny that you mentioned that because, um, you know, obviously everyone goes to undergrad and they, you know, they they think that they know what they want to do. And it's not until you start to really take the classes and you you start to understand kind of what it is that really is gravitating towards your interest level. And while I was in undergrad, I I launched several different businesses and 
and kind of got the entrepreneurial bug. And and uh, back in 1995, I I got introduced probably the same way that most people have gotten introduced to the concept. And and a good friend of mine, you know, asked me to take a look at something. And back then, I didn't really understand it, understood it that well, but uh, it made sense to me. And 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 um, you know, it, it, I, I get genuinely excited, and that excitement was something that became infectious. So I continued to pursue it and, uh, you know, had my bumps and bruises uh, through the inaugurational stages. But uh, uh, since then, it's become, you know, an extraordinary, you know, opportunity. So you said that at a young age, back in college, you were doing some businesses? What? I, yeah, yeah. I had, uh, you know, you know, think, you know, when you're a college student, you pretty much do anything to put food on the table. But I had a, a t-shirt, a wholesale t-shirt, t-shirt business. I I ran a, a nightclub and promotions company. Uh, you know, I had, uh, uh, you know, a CD. Uh, it sounds, you know, crazy today, but I had a mixed uh, CD business that did extremely well. Uh, and so those were just a few of the, the small businesses I had. But uh, it, it, entrepreneurship, you know, became something exciting uh, as I learned how to uh, uh, you know, buy low and sell high. So those CDs were like mixtapes? Absolutely. Oh, you're dating yourself there, man. <laughs> it, extremely. I, for those who are listening, you, you, you. I'm sure you would agree to this, but uh, there was a uh, uh, an understanding that everything in the north that was exciting and hot typically took about two to three years to come down south. And since I was originally from Washington D.C., I would go to the north and get things that they didn't have in the south, and and bring it down south. And obviously, people were willing to pay for pay for it, so I made it into a small enterprise. Wow. And, and this is way before iTunes and Spotify and all that. So um, so you were an entrepreneur. You make money, like do good money doing this um, mixtapes, T-shirt business. What was it about network marketing? Because most people, they're doing that stuff, they're pretty focused at it. What made you decide, hey, network marketing is better? Yeah, well, when I started, it's, ama- it's amazing when the, when, when, when the mind opens up and I started uh, being introduced to different readings, different books, and 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 one that's very familiar uh, individual by the name of Jim Rome. Uh, when I got one of his uh, uh, CDs and I started listening to it, the concept of leverage started to make a lot of sense to me because you know I wouldn't share it with anyone, but I was getting tired of being the only person that could actually do anything. I was you know, running out of time in a day and trying to meet different people for transactions. And this was before the Internet. Uh, and so, you know, when I learned about the power of leverage and the ability to build distribution networks, that made a lot of sense to me because you can actually now have multiple distribution outlets and, and, and get more done. Uh, and network marketing was an, uh, an, an awesome vehicle to, to, to start to create that. That's incredible. So who introduced that Jim Rohn tape, a Jim Rohn CD to you? A good friend of mine back in the day. His name was uh, Solomon Majid. I'll never forget him. Um, uh, he gave it to me and said, just listen to it. And if you got any questions, let me know. And and uh, I called him back and started asking questions. And once he explained it to me, it just made a lot of sense. I'd rather get uh, paid 1% off 100 people's efforts than 100% of my own by J. Uh, J. Paul Getty. That was another one that, that really just kind of set the tone. Like, you know, you got to have leverage in this life. Mm. So you're very lucky. I mean, you got into personal development and business at a very, very young age. So once you went into network marketing, did you have success right away? Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> you know, I was one of those newbies, just was excited about 
you know, uh, the whole concepts. And, you know, back then there was no discretion. So I got sold the vision and the dream of of you can be successful overnight. And and, uh, you know, I did everything that I thought was correct, not knowing how to be a, a business owner, not knowing the power of relationships, not knowing the power of servitude. And and I hit a brick wall and failed miserably. And I'm unashamed to tell people that my first venture, you know, I tanked. <laughs> I tanked really bad. Um, and, uh, it, you know, and a lot of people, they 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 laughed and, you know, didn't have really nice things to say. But I knew that, um, uh, uh, you know, you, you, you can never, you know, judge things on the first effort. There are so many people that have tried and failed things and, and, and got back up. And so, you know, the first one was a failure, it, you know, by all, you know, sense of the word. <laughs> I mean, it was really bad. Um, but I got how back bad was it? How bad? Oh, man. I mean, you know, I probably went 90 days without sponsoring one person and then uh, ended up sponsoring a couple people, which obviously many of you all probably know how that goes, which was my mother and, and a cousin and they didn't do anything. And, and um, you know, I just kept spinning my wheels. I, I kept, you know, trying to force people to join and all the things that we learn now today that are not necessarily the best approaches. I, I became a, a member of the NFL in network marketing, which is no friends left. <laughs> <laughs> so well, why did you stay in? Like, I mean, you were making money selling CDs. How come you just didn't go back to the nightclub CD and T-shirt business? Why did you like keep on doing something that obviously you were not good at? Yeah, well, you know, I've not been good at a lot of things in life, and and. You know, I was never the fastest, uh, but became, you know, one of the fastest track athletes in high school. I was never the strongest. I was never, you know, the one that had the biggest network. So I've always operated, you know, with adversity. And I just knew that what I lacked in talent, I could make up in work ethic. And and I think um, even in undergrad, I was never the smartest person in school. But I knew that if I studied and I, you know, got an understanding, I could get, you know, good grades. And so... I knew that it would just be, just be a matter of time if I stuck with it and, and, and got with people that understood how to build it. And that's very important. Once so, I surrounded myself with some people that were successful, things started to turn around. Yeah. Uh, so how, let me ask you, how did you surround yourself with successful people? What did you do? Did you find like a local club or did you just start hanging out with your uplines, successful uplines? What did you do? No, no, no. I mean, you know, we hear it all the time, the power of events. Um, back then, you know, you couldn't just go on Facebook and friend request anyone so i would go to the weekly meetings i would go to the the larger what are called national conferences and i i I just didn't go just to be in attendance i went seeking out individuals that i potentially can connect with and and um you know my approach was genuine and so a lot of them they they extended their phone numbers and 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 I, I i i reached out to them and and i was very conscious of not wasting their time because i didn't I wasn't in their their, their lineage, so I, I made sure that I I respected the relationship that I was trying to build, and, and they taught me a lot from afar. So they actually, so when you call them back, they'll actually help you? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But one thing that I didn't do is I didn't try to make them my, my upline. I respected mm. what I was trying to accomplish, which was a mentor relationship, and so therefore they, they appreciated that, and they, they did, I didn't abuse the access. Yeah, you know, a lot of people uh, who are listening are in your shoes. They go to these events, uh, what, but they're hesitant to ask these people for help because they think that 
I'm not good enough, or they don't have time for me. I'm wasting their time. What gave you the courage and like the attitude? Hey, and what? And then you said you're being genuine, right? Mm-hmm. Describe that process. How did you? What did you do to them so that they would give you the number and they would help you out? Because I think that's something that distributes you. We got to go to events, connect with the successful people, but then they go there and they actually don't take action on it. I mean, they just sit there, they take notes, they get motivated. But very few people I've, you know, I've witnessed actually do what you did. Yeah, I think sometimes people go in with the wrong approach. I mean, I went in and early on understanding that, you know, people are not necessarily going to invest all of their time without looking for some type of a uh, you know, return on investment. So, you know, when I would speak to these individuals, I let them know, look, I understand that I'm not in your in your lineage and I understand that time is money, but you know, I would really appreciate it if there was an opportunity where maybe we could schedule you know, maybe a 30 minute or 45 minute window, maybe once every other month, just so that I can kind of maybe get pointed in the right direction. I'm willing to do the work, uh, but sometimes you just need a coach. And that was my approach. And, um, you know, I would you know, make sure that I was on point, make sure that I had questions prepared, make sure that I did my necessary readings. And, you know, the first, you know, the first interaction, I think uh, a lot of them were impressed with my willingness to to be prepared. And so therefore the relationship started to grow from there. And, um, and when I say, you know, a schedule, I mean, I really mean schedule. I mean, I schedule months in advance and, and I will work my business up until that point. So I was committed to, to doing what I needed to do. And I see a lot of people, they, 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 they want the access, but they just want individuals to tell them every single thing to do without preparing and doing the work on their own, uh, up front. And so they run into that challenge where leaders end up not wanting to waste their time. Because if, you know, I had a mentor say something to me, I'll never forget. He said, I teach you something one time, but if I have to say it again, then you're not really committed. Mm, that is good. Teach you something one time, but I have to repeat it, then you're not committed. I totally understand what you, uh, what you mean. Like the most frustrating thing is like when you share like you, especially you helped a lot of people, you give an advice to someone and then they're like, you know, weeks later you ask them what they do and they still never took action on that advice. You're like, oh my goodness, I just wasted my life away sharing this thing, right? But Absolutely. on the flip side, what's really rewarding, I'm sure like Nick gives you great satisfaction is when you give an advice and then weeks later someone actually – and maybe even like you forgot to even talk to that person. But a guy's like, hey, you know what? I went to that seminar that you spoke at. Or you talked to me one time after the event. And I took action. And this is what happened. And I'm sure, describe that feeling when you're able to help someone like that. Oh, it's absolutely rewarding. Because the reality is, at the end of the day, that's what you want for people that take a leap of faith and join this profession. You want to see them grow. You want to see them have tangible results. I mean, you know, excitement is like the morning dew. You know, it evaporates. And I see a lot of people, they look for the excitement and look for the excitement. But what, what, what it gratifies me is seeing a person that, that, that is willing to work and work and work until those tangible results are prevalent in their own business. So I've often told people, you know, I'm very appreciative of the thank yous, but I'll be more excited when I see the fabric of your life change uh, and you pay off debt, and then you're able to pay it forward and reach back and teach someone else. Mm, very good. You know, um, I know you've been really well prepared and you took action on all those 
leaders that you asked help for. So after this first phone call, they're probably really impressed. And it was easy to, for them to keep providing value. But getting back to the first call, because you, you had brought up something that everyone is looking for something to benefit themselves, right? And you were very careful with their time. Why do you think people, those leaders, took a risk in taking the first phone call with you, scheduling that call with you? What did you do in that initial meeting when you met with them that made them feel comfortable to help you? Well, uh, I remember very vividly, I was very candid and upfront with those individuals. And I remember saying to them, look, I know you're busy and I know you've got a lot of people that pull on you. What I can promise you is that I will not waste your time. And I can promise you that every minute that you invest in me, you know, it's going to be well worth it. And, uh, you know, just give me a shot. And most of them, you know, because I was young and aggressive, they, they, um, they took a double take. I mean, it took a, a double look. And, and um, some of them didn't answer the phone bell. Not all of them, you know, were as receptive. But, but there were a few, and I remember them vividly. And, and uh, uh, they took the time, and I'll never, I'll, I'll never forget them. Hmm. You know, I think you brought up a great point uh, that you were aggressive and, like, bold. And I think, you know, one of the advice I got from my mentors is, like, all successful people enjoy giving back, right? It's just like, you know, both of us, we, whether something makes us money or not, we have a certain satisfaction, fulfillment, where, like you shared before, when people take something that you, like an advice that you give and then they actually apply it, it makes you feel so good. And I think all successful people have that trait. They appreciate people who are young, especially young and aggressive like you, because it reminds them of someone when they were young and because they were aggressive, Right. So I'm, I'm mm-hmm. sure, like, if there's 10 people that approach you, Mondez, and eight or nine of them are very lax, lackadaisical about it, but one is very aggressive and bold, you probably help out the young, young, and, young and bold, the aggressive one, right? Oh, absolutely. And, and for every, you know, person that what I've, uh, you know, I've experienced, um, you know, is people, they, they reach out and they, they actually help. But most never follow up. They never follow through. And it's just, it just seems like the right thing to do in a, in a, in a convention type environment. Hey, can I get your number? You know, I really need some help, but they never really follow up with an action plan, but there are that few that do. And, and, and I've witnessed those become very, uh, uh, accomplished in the network marketing profession, you know, because they do follow up and they do take action. So all the things that you're mentioning. Yeah, it sounds like so simple, but it's like whether it's with prospects or just with keeping in touch with relationships, uh, leaders, mentors, following up. It's so important. Now, let's shift gears a little bit. Um, so what was your aha moment, the turning point? Like, so like these leaders are helping you. What's the one skill, one thing you learned that really turned your business? Because you said you were like a big failure in every sense of the word that really changed things for you, and then you start having success. What was that light bulb moment? Well... You know, uh, being an a introvert, I mean, obviously, uh, as an engineer, I didn't really have to build relationships, you know, that well. I mean, you had to figure out how to do problems, and, and that was pretty much it. You're worse than um, engineer. You're finance, too. Those are the two double stereotypes, finance guy and engineer guy. Absolutely. <laughs> so, um, i never forget, um, uh, the light bulb came on for me when I finally realized that you know, there's a relationship factor that goes 
into any kind of business, not just network marketing. And it kind of goes like this. First, first they must like you before they would trust you, before they do business with you. And I had it all wrong. I had it reversed. I was trying to do business with people first and then, you know, trying to get them to like me and, and trust me, and it, and it didn't work out. And so when I realized that I needed to take time to build a relationship so that people could trust who I am, and, and, and in that relationship building process, I could introduce my, my offering to satisfy a need or satisfy a void or satisfy a problem. You know, that's when I started to get real traction in my business because people don't care what you know unless they know that you care. Mm. Let's go deeper into your journey, your entrepreneur journey, because oh, I'm sure there's a good story here. What would you consider to be a worst time in network marketing? the toughest time where most people will quit. Maybe you even regret you did network marketing, but a worst moment, and, and because of that, I hear a laugh, so the story's got to be good. Because of that, you kept on going, and that's why you are where you are today. Yeah, I mean, you know, you have your, they call them emotional roller coasters. Um, you know, everybody goes through them, and if you ever do business and think that your business is always going to go up, then you're, 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 you're fooling yourself. You got to be prepared for those those swings, and and I wasn't prepared for my first swing. I I I, I built a, a pretty decent sized group um, with the second company that I was with. I mean, it was going very well. Uh, I was generating income, and and things were looking up. And out of nowhere, I mean, people think it's like you know a surprise or a shock, but it happens to to everybody. But out of nowhere, uh, people started quitting, um, and. Uh, to no fault of my own, but it happened, and I was witnessed my income go from one level to barely enough to put gas in the car, and and uh, I'll never forget um, uh, having to uh, eat food at a BP gas station with a BP gas credit card for about three months, and uh, you know that was kind of like the lowest of the lowest, and most people were saying, you know what, I'll never go through that, but you just can't pre- you can't prepare and you can't predict anything. Um, and and um, I kept working my business. I kept doing the things that I knew were going to, you know, uh, pay off in the future. Um, and, you know, about in that fourth month, I ended up meeting a, a, a group of people and and uh, three of them got started. And, and it felt like overnight where I wasn't making anything. So in 30 to 60 days, I was almost back up to five figures. Amazing moment in my life. But uh, I tell everybody, I could have quit. I could have gave it all up. I could have just thrown the towel. But what I did, Tom, is I got a job. <laughs> you know, and 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 it took me a minute, but I got a job, and I, I was working while I was building my network marketing business, and and uh, I never gave up on the vision. Yeah, talk a little bit about the job because I think some people think, oh, you know, you're a failure. You have to go get a job. You're like a full-time networker. Go to get a job. I actually think a job is a good thing. I think one of the biggest mistakes is people go full-time too early. So talk about how that job helped you during that four months when you went from back to zero and and to five figures. The best decision I could ever make because the job actually got me connected to a whole new network of people. Uh, it, you know, it's funny because when you're when people go full time too soon, they don't really know how to work a full time business from home because you're at home all the time. When I got a job as a car salesman, 
<laughs> I was opened up, up, introduced to a whole network of people, and I was able to get the wolf off my back. I mean, I mean, you can't build this kind of a business out of desperation. Doesn't matter how aggressive you are. Doesn't matter how how much you want it. If people know that you're desperate and you want them to join for your benefit versus join for theirs, then it'll never take shape. And so when I got the job and I got some income and I got the bills paid back out, I started having what is called relaxed intensity. I was still intense, but I was relaxed in my approach. And um, I was able to really genuinely connect with people. Uh, and as a result, it opened things up. So I agree with you. There's nothing wrong with the job. And if anyone tells you that, you know, that you're a failure because you're, 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 you're working is ludicrous to me. Yeah, thank you for sharing. I like that relaxed intensity, and thank you for sharing the honesty. Uh, to just come clean and say you went from like a full time networker back to, and how much were you earning before you went back to zero? All those people quit. How much were you earning monthly before you went to kind of oh, zero and eating gas at eating at the gas station? Oh, it was five figures. So you were earning five figures, a um, uh, five figures monthly, which is like a six figure a year income, back to zero. So some people who are new listeners, they may think, oh. What would you say to them? They say, well, if network marketing is so good, and look, Mondes made money and lost it all, then what's the point? Why don't you just stay at my job? Why, why do I have to go through all this trouble and pain and to just lose it all? Or maybe the company goes out of business or the company changes the policy and go through that. Sure. What would you? Because some people probably may be thinking about that, especially if they're new, their belief is weak. Because from our companies, a lot of times we just hear good, good, good stuff, right, events. But now, sure. I mean, thank you for being truthful and sharing that. What would you say to them if they think like that? I just say, you know, pick your poison. I mean, if you stay on a job, you you don't you don't have any kind of protection, you don't have any kind of assurance, you don't have any kind of uh, security. Um, you may think you do, but I mean, think about how many people you know that have been given pink slips and 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 fired, and, you know, to no fault of their own. I mean, yeah, sure. In business, as an entrepreneur, you you do have that risk of. Of, of, of having that down spiral, but I mean, the perks and the benefits outweigh uh, 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 the risk tremendously. Um, you know, I don't know a job that you can, within 30, 60 days, you know, quadruple your income based on your work ethic. And I'm not saying that that's going to happen for everyone. I'm just telling my story. But I know that if I'd have just committed to just working, trying to get a 3% or 5% raise at the end of 12 months, that's that's demoralizing, <laughs> you know, you know, in my opinion. So um, I just say hang in there. Be smart, though. Um, there's no reason for you to have anxiety in building a business like this. No one knows when it's going to come. No one knows how it's going to unfold. But if you're working and you're diligent, I've always said inch by inch, it's a cinch. And I know that we hear a lot of fast success stories and companies have to promote those success stories for belief purposes. But... You know, there's a lot of sustainability success stories as well. And so one thing that I realized, Simon, is that if I learn how to build it, I can always rebuild it. But if I just rode on the the wave of being lucky, and you know what that looks like, Simon, you, you, you end up having some people in your group and you don't have a relationship with them. They don't know you. You don't know them. And they promote you. But then they decide to go a different direction. And now you can't re- we, we reclaim or rebuild or, or reproduce that that you know that productivity because you never learn how to do it. Yeah. 
And I, yeah. I like what you shared. Um, and I think the most important thing is that when you lose it, you gain it back, right? You gain your mind. Your mind grows. So, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't matter what happens to your company. You know, mine does. You know, you'll be earning six figures within one year. It doesn't matter where you go because you got the skills and your mindset, your personal development, the wisdom, the experience, and no one can take. They can, they can take your income. They can take your business. But just like Donald Trump, he, he's been bankrupt a few times. He'll make the money right back. As opposed to a job like that, if you choose that poison, it's short term. But you lose your job. You know, most people, they struggle, right? And, and that, you know, we've had leaders who their company's gone under or whatever. But if you, when you stay in this business, you could always make money. And you always, and it's like part of that mental toughness. And, I, and, and you talked about something I want to elaborate. I think it was a really good thing. You said like people who make money quick in the business. Normally, I actually don't think that's a good, I mean, obviously the companies have to promote it. But it's not a really a good thing. Because when you make it quick, normally it's because you're lucky in many ways, right? Mm-hmm. Right timing, right timing, the trends. But when hardship comes, it really knocks you off your feet. But the real test of an entrepreneur is going through that, knowing, being through that emotional roller coaster you talk, talked about. So it doesn't even matter what happens to you. You're kind of bulletproof. You are going to get back on your feet and you're going to make it. And I think that's the beautiful part that we're marking. It prepares you and equips us for that journey. Absolutely, you know, uh, you know, we're 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 some total of the people that we're able to attract in our network, and sometimes we're given too much credit, you know, obviously because of how the hierarchy, you know, is structured, you know, uh, and sometimes if it's not dealt with properly, it could go to your head. It really gets you caught up uh, because you could start believing in your own press and. And the worst thing that anybody can do, and that's network marketers or business owners as a whole, is stop growing. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think the same applies to money, too. If people get money, could make a lot of money real quickly, um, they normally, it's bad for them. They actually end up losing it all, right? Well, like the people who actually have a good long-term wealth, they've actually been through that roller coaster where they made the money, lost the money. And, I mean, you can see that in professional athletes where they get a lot of money at a young age because they're in the right certain type of sport, or they had a certain skill, but they didn't really, they got it so quickly, it's just a short, short amount of time, that that's success, that's actually, in the long term, it's actually bad for them. Right, they call it the new money syndrome. <laughs> the new money syndrome, yes, absolutely. You know, what would you consider to be a proudest moment in network marketing? Uh, you know what? It was um, when I was able to see multiple people in my network who I've been working with, uh, really start to experience the same um, you know, types of financial relief that I've been blessed to experience. I think that was a real culmination of of of, of being involved, you know, so long is to now know that duplication can take place if a person commits and. And when I say commit, I mean committing to taking action, committing to having results. Eventually, you know, duplication will take place. So for me, that's that's kind of like one of my proudest moments is to see people paying off their debt, you know, seeing people, you know, upgrade their rides, seeing people now be able to do philanthropic uh, types of endeavors and, and, and things of that nature because of their success in their business. Now, you've been in a profession for a long, long time. You've seen all types of stuff go on. What, 
excites you most about network marketing now? I and mean, I guess but specifically, how have you seen the profession change and are people more open-minded now than when you first started in college? Uh, you know, I, I have seen a change. Um, yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I'm dating myself again, Simon. Uh, there was a time when we didn't have the, the ability to leverage the internet and social media. And so back when I got started, it was more contact based and you had to be out and about. You had to really work hard to build your network. And, and, um, now with the advent of social media, there's a huge awareness to multiple different companies. And I think it's, it's really helped to a certain extent. I mean, obviously it, 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 you know, there are some hindrances and things of that nature because you lose the, 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 uh, the ability of discretion, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I've seen it really, really grow, um, and and have seen it become more and more and more accepted because corporate America, unfortunately, has failed the 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 lot the, the vast majority of people. Um, I got a lot of colleagues that did everything that they're supposed to do, and and um, in their prime earning years. Um, uh, did not necessarily achieve what they were looking to achieve. And now, at, you know, 40 and 42, they're looking to do something that is more significant, you know, and, and a lot of them are choosing network marketing because, it, you know, it gives them the freedom, the ability to have more time with their family, obviously, when it's up and running, uh, leverage. Uh, and the income potential is is limitless. And I think that right there is one of the most attractive features. Um, because we even looked at starting traditional franchises. I mean, and when we looked at all of what entailed uh, to start a Subway uh, franchise and the amount of resources and the amount of time and our break-even analysis was like three to five years, we, we quickly reverted back to network marketing. I mean, nothing's perfect, but I'll take this, you know, over traditional franchise any day because the break-even break is much more quicker and the stress is, you know, you replace inventory with people. Definitely. You know, we mentioned Subway. It reminded me, before I started my network marketing journey, I thought about getting starting a Subway franchise in L.A. And when I found out, like, kind of like what you did, homework you did, and it takes three to five years to break even, and in the first year, you definitely have to work at the store seven hours a day, seven days a week. I'm like, forget that, you know, like... <laughs> You know, I mean, if you have to, you could just hire out, it would be a little bit easier, but you actually have to do with employees, you actually have to, they make you work the business, work at the store, so you actually understand it. You know, and the risk and the money you put up front, network marketing is way, way, way better. Yeah, and, and, and the fact that you have to, you have to stay where you are. I mean, you can't just pick up your Subway franchise off the corner and move it to another state, you know, if you want to try living in another state. I mean, we, my wife and I, we've lived in multiple different places, just trying to see where we want to, you know, set up shop. And because of the internet, because of cell phones, uh, we can build our business anywhere. Um, and so it's really taken the shackles, you know, off of us as individuals, because if you, you know, we want to move all the way to California, we can still build a distribution network. So that's one of the blessings as well. Thank you so much for your time. You've been so, so good. 
Um, but for time-wise, I know I appreciate your time. We've got to cut it short. Maybe we'll bring you back again. But some really quick questions to pick your brain because you have so much wisdom. And even before this interview, I really enjoyed talking to you about the other stuff that we mentioned about where the profession is going. But we just ran out of time here. Um, some really quick questions to pick your brain. And these can be really quick answers, okay? Sure. So sure. one of them is, what is one of your favorite success quotes that motivates you? Oh, one of my favorite ones is uh, don't fake it till you make it, pursue it until you do it. I like it. Pursue it until you do it. What is one <laughs> habit? What is one habit or one routine that's helped you become successful? Uh, every day I, I wake up, I listen to something motivational. I mean, that someday, every day, it's like clockwork. I have to feed my mind. Uh, uh, with the things that I want to mentally capture and, and accomplish. So, you know, you got to program yourself, you know, so that you can remain consistent. What's the best piece of advice you ever received? Don't listen to anyone that cannot show you tangible results and get you where you want to be uh, that haven't already accomplished it. Uh, there's a lot of advisors out there. And we got to be careful. Truly vet your mentors to make sure that you know they have tangible value add to 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 offer. Because with social media, Simon, people can be anybody they want to be without the actual accomplishments to to support it. What's your favorite prospecting tool? Say. Uh, you have a qualified prospect that's interested. Do you send them a link to an online video, or do you get them on the phone first, or do you use a Skype, or do you do a webinar, or do you sit down and do a, like a newsletter presentation? What do you like to use? Because, uh, I, well, Simon, I like getting on the phone because at this juncture in my career, I'm quality versus quantity, and I really like to connect with people, and I really like to really – understand how we can leverage this vehicle to impact them. And so I like to get them on the phone. I like to talk with them. I like to ask questions. I like for them to understand who I am. And uh, I think that first that will duplicate, and then it will exponentially grow with quality people that truly want to build the business for the right reasons. Do you have a favorite online resource on your computer, like a Dropbox or Evernote, or like a favorite app on your phone that you could recommend? Uh, well, I recommend Evernote. I definitely do. Evernote has kept me organized with documents, uh, you know, trainings, uh, my notes, because if you're going to be in this profession, you're going to take a lot of notes and you want to definitely keep them organized with the app that you can search. You know, you can word search Evernote to get right specifically to that particular training to help you with whatever you're going through. So I definitely recommend that. I, you know, I love Evernote. And it's so funny because, like, a lot of leaders, distributors, they don't know much about Evernote. But so, so I, I kind of like, when you said Evernote, I'm like, yes, because obviously you're an engineer. You must be very organized. So, yeah, yeah Evernote is so, so awesome. Um, I'm actually taking notes on this interview with my Apple Pencil on Evernote. It's really, really incredible. And they can actually search your handwriting. Anyway, I'm doing free. We're doing free network marketing for Evernote and Apple Pencil. But Awesome. <laughs> no hey. Uh, yeah. What is one book you could recommend to ML Nation? Well, it's the best book. Well, I'm not going to say the best. It's one of the books that helped me with the most important muscle in the body, which is my mindset, and that's Think and Grow Rich. I mean, I know a lot of people have heard it, but I think I've read that book about seven times now. And, 
you know, each time I get something extra out of it. And once the mindset is conditioned, you know, you can, you can pretty much do anything that you want. I mean, 95% of this game is mental, you know, 5% is physical in my opinion. I mean, because it's, 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 it's not a weightlifting contest. It's not a sprint. It's not, you know, who can shoot the best. It's all mental. And if you can get that understood, then you can work on different skills and aspects to enhance your ability to have success. And ML Nation, I know you love audio. So if you haven't read it, you can get an amazing free audiobook like Think and Go Ridge at MLMNationBook.com. That is MLMNationBook.com. So, Mondes, here's the last question, the million-dollar question. Are you ready? Sure, sure. Before we go to the million-dollar question, you already know the importance of recruiting, and if you can't sponsor, you simply would never earn any real income in network marketing. Sponsoring is so important, and that's why I'm inviting you to a free training that will teach you the skills to easily approach any prospect, and especially how to open a conversation with people who are smart and have good business skills. These are the people who will be your future leaders. I want you to check out my free sponsoring workshop webinar, where you learn how to avoid the five deadly prospecting mistakes, and I'll give you three simple scripts on how to properly approach anyone whether the cold market or warm market. You can register for free at sponsoringworkshop.com. That is www.sponsoringworkshop.com. This is the training that helped me earn over a million dollars in MLM and giving me the residual income so I can be a stay-at-home dad with my kids and also have the time to give back and produce these MLM Nation podcasts for you. Not only will you know how to properly approach and present, the best part is you get my famous six-figure clothes to get prospects to sign up. This is the same script that I used to sign up one of my party animal friends who's now a Diamond Director, Million Dollar Club member, and a stay-at-home dad with his two kids. So go register for this webinar now at SponsoringWorkshop.com. This training is so important that I made it available at four different times for you. So it doesn't matter where you live in the world, you can access it live. So go to SponsoringWorkshop.com and register today. Here's the million-dollar question. Imagine you had to start all over again, and you knew no one, so your contact list was zero, but you had all your current knowledge, skills, and wisdom. So you're kind of like an alien that went to another planet, and they spoke English. So what's the first thing you would do or the first place you go to find prospects and build an MLM business from scratch? Well, you know, for me, uh, just... uh, Simon, I'm a very spiritual person, and, you know, I've been building a movement called Live Life by Design, you know, which is finding balance spiritually, mentally, physically, and financially. So the first place I would go is church, you know, find a ministry to serve, um, because I think that you're, you're, for me, I know my, my, my efforts and my desires will attract the right people to me. Awesome. And uh, as we wrap up, do you have any last words of advice? And then what's the best way our listeners can connect and contact you, Mondes? Well, I mean, you know, I've got Facebook, I've got uh, uh, Instagram. Uh, but if you really want to connect with me, you can email me at info at com. That's, uh, that's my email address. And I'll leave, I'll leave the guests with this, uh, Simon. Inch by inch, it's a cinch. Rome wasn't built in a day. And you're you got to understand something. Network marketing is an awesome profession, but it's not a get-rich program, 
And you got to realize that you are who you are all the way up until the point where network marketing was brought into your life. And just because you're excited doesn't mean that you stop the, you know, recognizing who you are. You got to work. You got to develop. You've got to become somebody different to get different results. And that's one of the things that I committed to doing. And as a result, it's been a blessing. So, um, you know, stay true to yourself, to thy own self, be true and uh, be smart. ML Nation, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And today, you've been hanging out with Mondes Holloman. So keep up the momentum and go to mlnation.net and type in Mondes. That's M-O-N-D-E-Z or M-O-N-D-E-Z for those who are overseas. At the search bar, the show notes, Mondes' contact information, and all the nuggets of wisdom he he shared will be right there. So definitely connect with him. In order to be successful in network marketing, you must help others. So, Mondes, thanks again for sharing your valuable time with MLM Nation. We're grateful to you, and we appreciate you for having a positive impact on millions of disturbers worldwide. Thanks again, Mondes, and God bless you. Thank you, Simon. God bless. Take care. This episode is brought to you by TaxBot. TaxBot is a really useful tool that I wish was available when I was busy building my MLM business. We all know the tax benefits of having a home-based business. The problem is, is having a system and doing all the grunt work to track your receipts, mileage, and putting everything together for your accountant. I, you know, I remember days when I was stressed out putting together all the old receipts from the past year and adding up to see what my deductions were, or kicking myself because I forgot to calculate the mileages for my car's odometer. Fortunately, things are much easier now with TaxBot. TaxBot is a super cool tool that helps MLM distributors manage and track their business expenses and possibly lower your business taxes and improve your profits. Not only will it digitally store your receipts and create audit-safe deduction reports that you can easily send to your accountant, the best part is that you can use your phone to track your mileage every time you drive to a business meeting. TaxBot works on your phone, computer, and across all computer platforms, whether you're using Mac, Windows, iPhone or Droid, it will work for everything and it will take your business to the next level. So if you're a serious MLM distributor, want to be more organized in running a business so you can get bigger legal tax deduction, go check out TaxBot at mlmnation.net forward slash TaxBot. It will save you a ton of time and headaches. Again, go to mlmnation.net forward slash TaxBot. MLM Nation, so how did you like that? Episode 156, we've come a long way since episode 1, and this one was a goodie, right? Mondes Holloman, make sure you connect with him uh, at mlnation.net, type in Mondes, M-O-N-D-E-Z, M-O-N-D-E-Z, okay? Holloman will pop right up, definitely connect with him, he's a wealth of wisdom. I love talking to people who've been in the profession for so long, 18 years. Um, So here's a really quick recap and review. Number one is... Uh, and I'm just going to go down the notes here. So many nuggets. Never judge things on the first effort. You know, he was a, he's a massive failure. Didn't sponsor anyone. The only one he got into the business was his mom and his cousin. And that didn't work out. They didn't, you know. But he worked hard. And the, the, the key is, is turning, you know, the turning point was he connected with leaders. And I think that was such valuable advice and was really the highlight of the show. A lot of people, as you go to events, they go there just for emotional reasons. I'm pumped and motivated. But the key turning points is really connecting with one leader, one or two leaders and give you ideas. I re- I, so I'm going to give you and something to take action on, okay? 
When I went to my first convention, before I went there, you never go to an event without a goal. I went to my first international convention with 10 goals. And one of them was to grow an international business in Asia. Because that was my uh, vision. I was, you know, I, I'm American-born Chinese, even though I was born in the U.S. Um, the way my parents raised me, I could speak two Chinese dialects. I had a vision to go out there. So one of my goals was to connect with someone in my company who was from those Two type of leaders, number one. Number one, connect with someone from overseas market, right? That's probably it's cross-line to me, but I can find a way to provide value, help out, and maintain relationships. So when I did visit those countries, like Hong Kong, Taiwan at the time, Singapore, when it just opened up, that I would have a friend there. I can learn. And that was my goal, to find and be genuine, right? And providing value. Go out there, providing, find some way to help out. Second goal was to find a leader that was American that had a business in Asia. And I was like, how did he do it? How does an American like, just an American like me, you know, go out there? Especially American would even speak the language. How did they grow a business in Asia? That was one of my goals. And I went there, kind of like a list, like a headhunt. These are the leaders I'm going to find out. And just like Bandes, I reached out to a lot of leaders. Some of them didn't really, uh, you know, didn't help, really help me out, didn't take my call. But one, I think one did. And that one person ended up being one of my mentors that actually helped me. We lived together. And later on, he had a re-entries underneath me. His name was Mike. And then uh, I'm really, that Mike Ray, I should mention him on air. He helped me out. We lived together in Malaysia. He told me, you know, he gave me opportunity to train and te- teach his team in Singapore. And that really, I learned a lot of lessons there that later helped me out expand in the Philippines and, and really grow and even my business in the U.S. even more through that. So, and mind this shit, you know, the things follow up and be excellent, be prepared. And I'll tell you, the worst thing to ever do is ask someone for advice and never take action on it. And you want to ask a successful person and give advice. And, you know, I'm just thinking of two people that recently asked me advice and they never took action on it. I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm never wasting time with this person ever again. Because I'm telling you, our time is limited. I'd rather be spending time with my boys. I wasted like 20 minutes to share your advice and you didn't take action. You know, what a waste of time. But if you do take action on that, and later on maybe, it could be month or a year from now, you tell the person, hey, remember a year ago you shared me to do this, I did this. That would make that person day. I'm telling you, that person would be so happy. And that person will want to work with you, want to connect with you more. And just like Mondes, he was very prepared, scheduled. When he had that call, he was ready to report back what he did. You know, kind of like that person held him accountable. That was really his turning point. Fantastic advice from Mondes on how to do that. And I think uh, not many people have talked about that, but that's a really key thing. Learning to get value from leaders who are not your uplines, right? But again, everyone's successful appreciates someone who's aggressive and bold because it reminds them of themselves. So if you're willing to work hard, just be work hard, be aggressive, bold, ask for advice. Not any, not everyone's going to help you, but one or two that'll help you out. Make sure you don't waste that opportunity. Take action on the advice, and then that will continue like a lifelong relationship of mentorship. Um, another thing is follow up. You know, following up whether it's prospects, downlines is so important, and uh, that's what Mondes did. And I think another, I really appreciate Mondes for being open and honest about. It. Was talking about how he went from six figure income to nothing, and he could have quit, right? But he's like, choose your poison because. The good thing about when you are in your own business in network marketing, you're learning skills, you're growing your mind. And all those down points, uh, it just makes you stronger. He could have gotten back and just say, forget about network marketing, go there. But then he never bounce back, right? It's the lessons you learn at the worst moment that makes you way, way, way better. And, and you know, in four months, Mondes was able to climb up, you know, and get back to his five-figure income. And 
Another thing is job, right? He got a job because it allowed him to connect. I, you know, I always share this advice. Going full-time er, too, uh, too early is the worst mistake because you most of you don't have the time management skills and what it takes. And are you going to prospect for eight hours a day? Probably not. What you end up going to do is just be in management mode and that pays you no money, right? Go and get a job and he got a great job being a car salesman because you learn to keep your prospecting skills sharp. You're selling cars and also... You build your network, and that's how he found his leaders. So great, fantastic advice. And he talked about he wasn't desperate because when you're desperate for money, you want to get people signed up. People can sense that. You can't fool people. They can sense that. They'll run away. You know. So you want to have re- what Mondes called relaxed intensity. So an awesome, awesome show. Last thing is remember his final words, inch by inch, it's a cinch. Keep going. And you know, most MLM distributors, here's the fact, no BS no hype fact. Most MLM distributors fail, but almost every MLM distributor that keeps going, it becomes always successful. That is a fact. You can look that up. Most MLM distributors fail, but if you keep in the game, everyone's destined for success. Mondes has been successful. He wasn't successful at the beginning. Became very, very successful now. So uh, reach out to him. Thanks for listening. And uh, if you like this, please do me a favor. Subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. It matters to not just me, but to the team with five people that work hard. I wouldn't want to thank those five, uh, from Wisdom to Mike to Kara and to uh, Oki, uh, for all working hard to put these shows together. And the fifth person would be me. So a team of five, of five of us putting the show. I want to thank those four. Um, it's been a fun year, and we're excited for uh, season two and we got a surprise for season two we got some new things so stay tuned for that some new exciting things thanks for all the feedback you came gave us and um, keep the feedback coming keep listening keep sharing I appreciate you ML Nation thank you for listening and remember we're in the profession to help others so go out there and have a positive impact on someone's life today God bless you all Thank you so much for joining us today on MLM Nation. Head over to MLMNation.net for full recaps of every show, our training articles, and helpful resources. Your MLM success is waiting for you. So prepare to take off.